Bristol. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's edition of the Superad MMA Show. I, of course, am Prison Mike. No, just kidding. I am Jack Iron Stoops, joined, as always, by my brother Mel Brown. On today's podcast, we recap UFC Adelaide. Not Adelaide, Melbourne. We talk about uh, what happened with the main event, the fallout uh, from losing Whitaker and uh, Gastelum. We talk about Bellator uh, that just happened in Newcastle. We discuss... Dana White's statement about Khabib not setting out for nine months. Uh, we talk about how well the pay-per-view numbers looked, apparently, for the UFC Melbourne event. Uh, we talk about Jose Aldo's next fight, McGregor's tweet to Gastelum. We talk about Wanderlei Silva revealing some pretty serious health concerns. Uh, of course, after that, we go on to talk about Bellator 215 and Bellator 216, which are happening on Friday and Saturday on the bounce this weekend. And then we go on to talk about the big UFC card on this weekend, which is not only an amazing card, but the return of Cain Velasquez. So, so please hang around and stay with us for the rest of the show. Everybody underestimates the kick in the groin. That's fucking illegal. Bro, you're not even famous yet. I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the fuck up. Mel Brown, my brother, what's happening, my man? Bonjour, Mammy. Bonjour, ça va? Ça va très bien, merci. Et tu? Très bon, très bon. What's the crack, anyway? Ah, not a whole lot. Can dropping. As I'm just dropping cans. Doing the can can. Not a lot. We are. A few weeks away from D-Day. From D-Day for us, for a wee bit of fighting yep. we might be doing. Our first ever cage fights. Yeah, so just back from Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and just tearing into this podcast. Absolutely. Um, welcome to the Superad MMA show. This week we have a ton to talk about, so let's just get right into it. Uh, obviously, we did stay up at the weekend. Uh <sighs> Much to my sh- my own chagrin, having lost the main event, which we'll we'll get on to in a minute. But um, you know, you're dedicated when you're staying up to six. Yeah. It was about six in the morning yeah, yeah. to watch a main card of UFC 234's quality. In fairness, it, it did turn out card. it did turn out entertaining, but uh, certainly the name value was not there. No, it really wasn't. Um, we're not going to talk about every single fight um, because, well, why would we? Um, I know that you guys don't necessarily want to hear that, but the first thing we're going to do is obviously get into it. So, um, the first fight I want to talk about is uh, Ishihara and Kang. Uh, Kang looking more and more legit each outing. That fight was pretty mental. It was a minute of, well, it was a bit more than a minute, but it was one round of absolute sheer mentalness. Um, Kang has looked good every time I've seen him. Every time, he's looked great. Um, w- sort of predicted this correctly when we were talking about it beforehand. I said, if Ishihara is going to win, he's just going to clip him because he can't crack, but he's not going to win. He's just going to get destroyed, which is exactly what happened. But there's a few moments of he did get cracked and dropped. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But Ishihara can, can bang. Yeah, he can. Um, if only one would let him bang, bro. Well, the young Ho Kang, good-looking gentleman. There's one good-looking Your Korean type. man. Ah, if, I, if I were to, if I were into Korean men, I think he'd be, he'd be my bag. Yeah, 
it's very precise niche to be into. Well, it would be, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm sure people out there do have that niche. There's a niche for everything. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure there's a Pornhub category of it. Korean men. Korea, well, yeah, just, just Korean men. <laughs> no, they don't have to be doing anything specific. No, it's just, just like some just guy reading going to work. <laughs> just getting, getting the train. Yep. Um, he looked great. Uh, called out someone in the top ten. Can't disagree. Um, maybe not top ten. Like Ishihara's hardly a world beater, and he's on a one fight win streak now. So. I would maybe pump the brakes a wee bit with that. I'd like to see him again. If he looks super impressive again, then we can talk. Fair enough. I'm happy enough with this call out. I think that... Um, Plus, he needs to retire. We talked about this at the time. The nickname Mr. Perfect. There can only ever be one. <laughs> Mr. Kurt Hennig. And that is, yeah, the late, great Kurt Hennig. Yeah, um, yeah no, you're right on that. Um, Kai Kara France uh, had a seriously tough match with... Um, Paiva, uh, who is a, a first-timer with the UFC, uh, very experienced in um, If that dude had Brazil, had more like natural power, would be a killer. Paiva? Yeah. Yeah, he was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, striking was super dynamic. Really, really impressive. I think I scored it for him. I scored it for him as well. Um, I don't think that Kaikara France won that. I think he got a little bit of home cooking from the judges. Yeah. Um, not actually blown away by Kai Car France haven't been look good his last outing I, just, I feel like he gets hit an awful lot he and he's going yeah he's going to run into somebody who will sleep him I could not agree more um another city kickboxing guy though along Is with, it oh yeah yeah along with Adesanya and um Shane Young yes yeah um he also fought and also looked excellent but we'll get to that in a minute he um so yeah, I I don't know. Kai Car France just not as legit as as I think the hype would lead you to believe. Currently, anyway. No, I I it's hard to see a, like a, a big upside to him. Um, I suppose I mean he is he is on a great win streak, but amongst those names, let's be honest, no one of particular note. Um. Local crowd, uh, local crowd. Sorry, seem to like him, so you you probably end up seeing him a lot in those Asian or Australian, or if they go back to New Zealand, I'm sure he's a lock for that. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he will continue to move up the ladder because history will tell us that he did in fact win this fight. Um, I don't really know who I want to see him next against, but. Plus, it's flyweight. What the frig is happening know, with flyweight? Know, it's like, hard to. It's hard to like. You're cutting Dustin Ortiz. Yeah. Plus, I mean, it's, it's to hard get to get excited about Kai Kara France. Yeah, it's hard to plan or sort of like anticipate who's next if you don't even know who's currently with the company and what the division will end up being. Yeah. Um. No, I I agree. I have absolutely no idea what they're thinking. Also, Kara France, one of those guys, unfortunately, who I think it would just be too small for bantamweight. Yeah, he's not. Not a large flyweight, man at all. If flyweight yeah. goes, he's in Shitsville because he's not... I mean, Paiva looked like he could easily have fought bantamweight. Yeah. You know, he'd be much bigger frame-wise. Oh, yeah, big, yeah. Bigger but, across the yeah. top. You know, but... but See, I don't even... I don't, five four or yeah, I don't know what you do with him because, like, you would have had him fight someone like Ben Wen, But, of yeah. course, he is now with... Uh, One. Let's see, with Ryzen. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. Ryzen. Yeah. Um... 
It's a, yeah, I mean, an interesting spot for him. But the, Ray Borg, maybe? Or is that too high I up? That's too high. That's too high a level. I think that Ray Borg ends that that very, very, very swiftly. Um, next fight up was Shane Young and Austin Arnett. Austin Arnett really, really had to deal with a lot of pressure. Shane Young put pressure on Arnett from, from the get-go in this. Um, Arnett's striking looked really good, though. He impressed me a bit. I know he got beaten, but... Yes and no. Like, he, he had some nice counter-punching, but nothing ultimately came of it. Um, Shane Young wasn't in it. It didn't seem to worry him enough to deter him from moving forward through it. The question with that, though, is does Shane Young get hit too much? I don't think he got his hit He got hit as much, although I'm sure... He was getting pieced up with a jab. You get pretty much, I don't think he got... I don't think he got pieced up. I think... I, He's one of these guys that uh, just doesn't wear damage well. Mm. Seemed, you know, like, for whatever reason, you know, had a few jobs, the face goes red. I I was quite impressed with Shane Young. Um, I liked... Uh, me and you were both noting while the fight was happening, see if he just followed up. He walked him down, walked Arnett down a lot, backed him up on Arnett always circled out to his right. Yeah, he needed a, he needed a follow-up yeah, with a left hook or just sort of cut him off because he did a good job cutting him off. Then he would attack in a straight line Yeah, and then stop, reset, and do it again. And it was literally three rounds of that over and yeah. over until, of course, they, they turned up the heat right at the end. Things felt real spicy. Um, yeah, because it was kind of frustrating because, you see, this is the confusing thing is that the UFC website has that as a round one TKO, Shane Young. Really? Yeah. Which it wasn't. It was a decision. Yeah, UFC yeah. website's a bit shit though. Yeah. So, um, what about like Shane Young? I can see a lot of upside. I would like to see his ground game tested out. Obviously, a bit more. I think. Yeah. If you're going to engage in just a straight kickboxing fight with him, you're probably going to have to go quite high level before someone gives him fits. Um, yeah. Of course, in his UFC debut, he was fed to the wolves. Uh, fighting Volkanovski yeah. went the full three with which him is, which is which in yeah, itself now tells oh yeah, you but, a lot yeah um, Arnett I'm looking forward to seeing him again too because whilst he was beaten he wasn't completely outclassed especially considering that you know he was on the back foot the entire time but at, at no real point seemed to get overly flustered just kept dealing with the pressure you know just kept right okay move 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 bang 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 you're right would like to have seen him I'd like to have seen Young make the adjustments because I think the finish was there for him. Um, I was pulling my hair out during the fight because I think that the finish was absolutely there for him. Yeah. Uh, but he won. Can't take it away from him. No, um, not at all. Next fight up was Devontae Smith and Dong Hyun Ma. Good uh, Lord. I don't think I've seen a fighter as scared. No, that's and, what I was going to say. Yeah. Dong Hyun Ma, he just... He froze. He was shitting himself. Like, he was... like, Yeah, froze up. Hasn't... I, I can't even remember him throwing anything. I don't think he did. Um, it was just a matter of time. He landed one strike. One strike, there you go. Uh, this was possibly the biggest... Lock. Lock of the night, yeah. Um, yeah, just froze up, did nothing. Lasted longer than I thought he would. That was only because neither of them were through much. Devontae Smith moving in, out, in, out, making the read. 
Second he got his opportunity, bang, 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 done. Oh, well, those it was absolutely horrendous. disgusting hammer fists at the yeah, end. Horrendous. And you know, the thing is, it's very, very rare. We called it within five, ten seconds. We were both like, he's, he's done. Like, he just, yeah. he didn't want to be in there. Now, we don't know, could there have been, a, was it a bad warm-up? Was the weight cut bad and he didn't recover well? Like, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but I think what actually happened was a week of Devontae Smith's going to knock you out. Got to him. Yeah. Um, Devontae Smith is a big prospect. Big prospect. Has lost to John Gunther, though, which could forever By submission, him. though. Doesn't matter. It kind of <laughs> does matter. It kind of does, because, you know, you have to remember that, like, you mean, what is Devontae Smith? 25. Like, you, you're going to take losses to people oh, yeah, like John, Long, Gun, John Gunther on your way up, you know? You're going to. Um, it, had he lost his last outing to John Gunther, I would, I'd be saying, okay. Oh, it was only last year. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was two years ago. Yeah, was it? and it was outside the UFC. It was indeed. Yeah, this, that was the guy finding his feet. I ain't got no beef with that. Um, next fight, our boy, Jimmy Crute. Yeah, what's going on with the UFC website? I've got it up, and it says... Sam Alvey, winner by decision. Incorrect. That is. Hang on a minute. Do you know what's happened? They have Young and Arnett and Crute and Alvey the wrong way around. Um, anyway, Sam Alvey got sparked out, essentially, by Jim Crute in the first round. Um, didn't expect it to be so dominant. I also saw, and we'll just talk about it now instead of leaving it for our news, uh, Dana White said Mark Goddard did a really bad job officiating. I call bullshit. I think that Sam Alvey was donezoed, and I think that was a perfect stoppage. Yeah, um, giving the thumbs up is not intelligent defence. No. You know, I don't care. If I was a ref and I saw you giving me the thumbs up, that means nothing to me. That means what? You you have consciousness, but that's not the whole point. It's about intelligently defending yourself, trying to better your position. He was flattened out in his stomach, giving the thumbs up, taking shots after he'd been dropped. I have absolutely no problem with that stoppage. No. That was just literally saving Alvey from absorbing a few more shots on the ground or going out. But... How freaking good is uh, Jimmy Crute? He's phenomenal. He, he's 22. He's tw- yeah, I mean, this is a guy that will be about the UFC for a long time coming. You could be looking at a future champ. Not anytime soon, but in the next four to five years, that guy could easily get it together and be champion. Could you see him at middleweight? He has the frame for middleweight. Yeah, I, I know he's six foot three. He's so he's not, so yeah, so like. he's not a short guy. But he is a, like his reach is only 72. You know, as you get to the upper end of light heavyweight, there's some rather Long large gentlemen, gentlemen with uh, yeah. 80 Gustafson, Blachowicz, yeah. Ozdemir, you know, the uh, Gustafson. Dominic Reyes and him be a good fight. Yeah, but Reyes is another guy who's just, yeah, they're similar height, but just completely different structure. Do you know what? Give me Jim Crouch, who gone who? Really? Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm... I don't think so yet. I don't. If I was Shogun, I would not be taking that fight at all. I don't think because he's he probably will end up ranked after this. I haven't seen if the actual new rankings have come out yet. I don't think he will because Sam Alvey's not ranked at the uh, light heavy bit. Very true. That is very true. Um, In fact, Sam Alvey's not ranked at all, which no. kind of shocks me. I mean, it does and it doesn't. You know, it's Sam Alvey. I mean, I get it. You know. I don't know who I'd like to see him at light, uh, you know, fight at light heavyweight. I'm looking at ten to fifteen. Johnny Walker. No, Johnny that Walker's like on a, the bigger things. 
Like that's yeah, two prospects. But, but that's something you don't you don't want to wreck one prospect. No. Uh, Misha Serkinov, who yeah, needs an opponent yeah, for two thirty five. Tashera. Tashera has been rebooked. Yeah. The fights. I forget who's fighting. It was the guy who pulled out last time? Um, Kudabala. Eon Kudabala. Yeah. Uh, OSP. Yeah, I get. Yeah. But yeah, oh, hundred percent. Actually, yeah, because that that be a OSP or Jimmy Manoa seems like a good fit. Um, no interest in Jimmy Manoa purely because I think what happens there is, um, I think the crew just takes him down. Not, There's nothing wrong with that, but as in, I think that OSP poses enough of a challenge on the feet, but also is a, a bad motherfucker with the grappling. Yeah. So, um, yeah, um, I don't know. Um, we like we will obviously keep everyone posted on on any news with that, but just big credit to Jim Crate. Um, I saw Sam Alvey not smiling for the first time. Um, but but I think that it, it was the right the right move, and and Goddard Goddard shouldn't be getting criticised for it. One thing I will criticise Jim Crate for is knocking Sam Alvey down and, and walking, walking off. Uh, you go till the ref finish stops it. Uh, unless you're Mark Hunt and the person is dead, dead. Um, I mean, imagine if Sam Alvey had a got back up, got back up, and battered. turned it around. Like you'd be absolutely. And he could have well, Sam Alvey. You know, so you're absolutely kicking yourself. Um, did I? Who else did it on the card? No, you're thinking of um, Aaron Chalmers. I'm thinking of Aaron which Chalmers, we'll which to. we'll get onto. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean Sam Alvey, some great wins. Um, beat Nate Marquardt. Beat. Um, Rashad Evans with a shadow of him um, beat John Valente he's a top 15 he is the gatekeeper to the top 15 he is he's in, the guy you need both, to beat to get ranked at both middleweight and light heavyweight yeah yeah. I don't like him as much at middleweight I think I prefer him at yeah I think I prefer him at light heavyweight plus he did miss weight as well I think um, and uh, he's been a light heavyweight for a while now as he well he has he missed weight in so Talos Leites? No, it no. wasn't. It was um, Ramazan Imeev in Gdansk. He missed yeah. weight. And that became a catch weight bout, from what I recall. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's tough call. Like, um, there's two bad losses on the bounce as well. Yeah, um, it is. That that's a that's a particularly tough one. But the, the next fight was uh, Montana De La Rosa and uh, Nadia Kasim um, or Kasim. Uh, most one-sided fight in the card. Yeah, well, we both kind of predicted this. Um, won some dollars on it as well. Um, Montana De La Rosa looks phenomenal. Yeah. Looks, uh, like, really, really fucking good. Oh, yeah, slick on the ground. And it was just, from taking her down, it was literally a matter of time. We thought that she would have got it done in the first. And she, you know what? See, if she wanted to, she probably could have got it done in the first. Yeah, I think she was happy. One thing I did criticize her for, and I don't think that um, that uh, that it was particularly wise, uh, was I did criticize her for not taking the opportunity. She seemed more than content to, do, and some wrestlers do pray uh, fall prey to this, especially early in their careers. She seemed just happy to sit in the position and just pity pat a bit when there was arms being given to her. Do you know what I mean? There was uh, like yeah. arms being handed to her, backs being turned, heads being given to you know. She, I, I don't, I don't only think that she could have finished in the first round. I think she should have. Yeah, well, I can't really. It's hard to fault it because it was it's perfect performance. It was a perfect, paper, yeah, yeah, pretty perfect performance. I see. Uh, 
rumoured fight with Paige Van Zandt next. Yeah, Dana apparently likes that fight. I must admit I like it myself. I, I think I would favour De La Rosa. I that. think I would say that De La Rosa would top her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I thought Paige Van Zandt against Dostovich looked like she had re- like gotten worse. Regressed. She had regressed, yeah. Um, well, yeah, credit to De La Rosa. Um, unfortunate for Nadia Kasim. Uh, just there's levels to it. And I, I to be honest, I... I don't think that Nadia looked like she deserved to be in in the UFC. And I know that sounds mm, no, I can, I can mean, un- but yeah, no, I can get that. So, well, I mean, home, home crowd. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard to say because she literally had no offense, uh, but she was <sighs> completely out of her depth on the ground with Delarosa. Yeah, I mean, she beat Alex Chambers. Yeah, um, I can I cannot remember this fight. Well, it was a while back. Um, it was in two thousand and seventeen, years ago. You know, but other, like that's her only, her only win of of sort of note. Yeah. Um, but Alex Chambers, you know, the other thing as well with that is that because uh, he missed weight in that fight. Yeah. You know, so you kind of by five pounds nonetheless. It's not good. So you do kind of it does beg the question, you know. Did that help her? You know, etc., etc. Um, you know, but her moniker is one eight seven, which is the American police code for murder. Which is silly when you're Australian, really. Maybe it's their code as well. Uh, well, not according to her Wikipedia page, but possibly so. Yeah, um, I just don't think that she has what it takes to be in the UFC. Um, and you know. <laughs> She is young. She's she's twenty three, so she has time. But Montana Delarosa made it look easy, as yeah, she should have. Yeah, Delarosa is still only twenty five though, as well. Yeah, she has time. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and she she looks. But that's the problem with uh, Nadia Kasim is that she has people in front of her like Delarosa who are only a year or two older than her, and, and far better. Yeah, are that further advanced. Um, but you never know. Some people, you know. People develop their skill sets at different paces. Just because she's not sort of at the standard now doesn't mean in five years she won't be. But yeah, well, I mean, didn't Mon- look great. Montana, De- uh, Montana Delarosa is a. Uh, I think she was actually a pretty like good college wrestler. I think, or or something along those lines. She was certainly from a, a wrestling background. Um, interestingly, she lost to Cynthia Cavillo. Actually, I'm just looking up Delarosa. She's she, already beaten Ostovich. She's only 23 as well. Oh shit! Yeah, no, she's she's big, big thing for the future. Perhaps um, already tapped Ostovich. She had that famous loss to uh, Mackenzie Dern back in the day. Uh, I remember it nearly went viral. It was like a Oma Plata choke or something. It was ridiculous. Um, that at LFC. Yeah, was it or was it Invicta? No, was it LFC? Um, it was Legacy. Uh. Yeah, that's ringing a bell. Um, I don't remember the ins and outs of it because, it, to be fair, I've just looked it up here and the submission's just listed as a rear naked choke, but I'm sure it was from some sort of out, absolutely outrageous transition. Um, but, hey-ho. Um, the next fight... Uh, two wee seconds here, actually. Uh, the next fight up was... Sorry, the Simone. UFC website has just crashed on me. Can you believe it? After I was talking about how terrible it is... There it is. Hopefully, hopefully it is uh, because it is just desperately trying to um, 
fix itself after that night. We sorry, we have an ambulance outside our house right now, which seems that one of our neighbours is uh, unwell. Mm. That's not not good. Um, so yes, the next fight up was Rani Yaha and Ricky Simone. Um, I was pulling my hair out at this uh, because this was the only fight that I needed for a complete card fight accumulator, and I needed, unfortunately, a submission from Yant Rani Yaha. And it did not happen. It certainly did not. I have nothing good to say about Ricky Simone because of that. <laughs> yeah, I have been... Uh, my greatest plans have been foiled. He, Plus, looked, he looked excellent. He did, he looked good. Uh, apart from his hair, which of course looks terrible. His hair and his face. His face is very annoying. Do you know what it is? It's he looks like the kind of guy that would start a fight with you when you were ordering a Burger King. Only in Burger King. Well, I didn't want to say in a Mexican restaurant, you know, ordering fajitas or something, because that would be <laughs> racist. So, just well dodged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank, thank goodness, eh? Yeah. I just sort of thought to myself, like, where would you start? Where would you start? A fight? No, do you know what it is? He would start a fight with you over a petrol pump. Yeah. He's the guy that gets out of his car and starts slabbering at you with his fucking mullet. And then you go to say something, he just beats the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, he looked excellent. I can't. He did. I, and I, just a quick Google search there. Not Mexican at all. Is he not? No. Where's he from? Vancouver, Washington. Right, okay. Well, he looks Mexican. <laughs> he does? I don't know why that's, like, why that would be deemed racist. You looked at me as if to be like, oh, it's like, well, what, can people not look Mexican? I suppose they can. <laughs> I suppose a person can look Mexican. Yeah. Well, apologies if you're Mexican and you're listening to this and you're. I don't know who offended. looks like what anymore. Well, do you know what? Like, I, I, do you know what? It's I like, see if this. someone showed me a picture of Canelo Alvarez and was like, "That's a white guy." Yeah, that dude's Mexican. I'm like, no, he's not. No, he's, he's, not he's from Cork. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Is that like to be fair? Like, if someone's like that guy looks like a white guy, I wouldn't be like racist. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's tons of guys that aren't white that look white. Like, uh, Marvin Vittori, Italian. Is he fuck? That guy's whiter than me. It's Mediterranean. Uh, that's what I mean. He's Mediterranean descent, and they look at him. He's, he's yeah. Irish. He's he Irish. He looks Irish. There's you some, white, you Irish. Yeah, there's some Irish in there. 100% there is. Um, anyway, uh, Yaya, Yaya didn't seem to have lost the step as such. I just, Ricky Simone's game plan was just too good. Yeah, just far, far, far more athletic um, and explosive and able to negate any of Yaya's attacks. Although, Yaya is striking is wild. But that's Yeah, but that's because he can be. Because, oh, he's throwing big looping hooks. What are you going to do, duck under and take him down? No. No. He's just so much further ahead. He just has no offensive wrestling game at all and ended up just... Other than, other, he had a few good moments on the feet, but other than that, he spent most of the fight literally flopping around, trying to reach Ricky Simon. I was about to call him Ricky Simon, which yeah. sounds super white. Yeah, Ricky Simon. See, I think if he'd said that, that that's maybe where I'm getting the Mexican Simone. thing from. It's from. The Simone. Ricky Simone. It's, uh, it's making me doubt it. But regardless, um, he, looked, he looked great. Um, yeah, yeah. As you say, just... Has it's very one sided, and because he lacks that offensive wrestling, he, he just he just looked you know, it reminded me of uh, 
Damian Maya versus Woodley. Yeah, just just trying to grab onto anything. Yeah, I just couldn't get it. Well, you know, Yaya needs to get a haircut. <laughs> I, I remember your missus having a real un- unwarranted attack on Ronnie Yaya's eyebrows. Yeah, yeah, she said he seemed like startled. Or no, 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 apparently his arrogant eyebrows. Arrogant eyebrows. That's right. I don't know if one's eyebrows can be arrogant, but... I, I don't know. Also, Rani Yaha seems like a genuinely yeah, nice like guy. One. It's like, no. But no. he does need a haircut. He's going bald. He needs to just just own it. We've spoken about this uh, off air many times. Many times. Many times about male pattern baldness. Well, it's like the male equivalent of getting... Or the, 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 female, like, the female thing would be like getting fat after having a kid or something. And ours is like, well, what if we go bald? Do you know what I mean? It's like the... the well, yes and no. Like... You can't choose just to not eat as much and exercise, and that fat will go away. But no, but I mean, like, in terms of, baldness, I mean, I mean, what I mean is, like, if, like, obviously, we're now, now, now I'm not only a racist, I'm going to be sexist now too. <laughs> um, what I mean is, like, the the in terms of like a woman's fear with 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 aesthetics, it tends yeah. to be you know weight related, as were for men. What we they often wh- fear, like mo- most men, aren't walking around being like, I'm terrified of being fat. All men like there's a thing of because the thing is once you go bald it's sweet mm. it's the bit where you've got hair and you're well, like I don't want to well not we've have we've hair. made a pact and I think anybody listening should probably join us in this pact that get yourself a good friend and see if it starts thinning or receding too far just, just, just have a quiet them. word just be like you like, know what it's time buddy to go. it's time to go you I'll help it. you and you know what I'll, I'll shave it for you and I'll still be your friend afterwards. You know, it's funny because I will not name names just in case, but it's funny because a friend of ours was talking to us recently and they are, in fact, bold. And was like, Yeah, my missus fancies, um, oh, fancies Thiago Alves. And we were like, What? And he went, Yeah, I'm BJ Penn. And we were like, mm-hmm. Clearly got a bit yeah. of a type there, then. <laughs> Clearly got a bit of a type. Um, but, um, oh, update on the ambulance. There is someone going into the back of it, but not in a stretcher. So, hurrah! They are indeed. They're in a wheelchair. Still so. alive. Still alive. Excellent news. Our neighbour's still alive. That would have been a real bummer for the podcast. And our neighbour seems to be being stretchered out with a sheet over yes, them. Yes. <laughs> some, some form of tarp over them. Yeah. <laughs> Must be to keep their face warm. I would assume so. Get the condensation going, yeah. you know. Um, so, yes. Uh, male pattern baldness. It's a real thing. Talk to somebody. Um, you don't have to suffer alone. No, many men go bald. Speaking of bald men, Lando Venata uh, fighting another bald man and Mr. Rosa. Uh, Rosa looked Rosa? excellent for, yeah. I think you got your names wrong. Uh, I think the UFC website's lying to me again then. I think it is. Marcus Mariano. What? Rosa is his middle name. Why? Fuck the UFC website then. Well, anyway, he looked excellent for about... 30 seconds. Did he? I can't even remember him looking good. It's just, he looked rangy and dangerous and he looked like he the, threw a couple uh, of leg kicks. He looked kicks. the part. He looked like a lightweight Anderson Silva. He really did. In fact, you commented on the way in being like, yeah. okay. that looks like Anderson a lightweight Silva. Anderson Silva. Yeah. Um, so much of a skill difference though. Fanata, oh yeah. Fanata destroyed him, tapped him in the first round after beating the piss out of him in the ground. Yeah. Um, Hardly argue a case that Mariano should remain with the UFC, uh, dropping to six and five. Didn't get a shot in. Particular. Oh no, no! I remember he landed one impressive leg kick, and yeah. I went, "Ooh, yeah. this could be good." And then Venata, and then returned Venata it. yeah, returned it, took him down, beat the piss out of him. Yeah, Venata 
finally, well, I suppose you don't really know, do you? Because trained at uh, Jackson's for this camp, apparently. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, I thought he looked good. Um, less of the flashy stuff this time. Uh, just took him down. Which is probably what he should do. Yeah, took him down, beat him up, tapped him out. Can't really, can't really complain about that. Um, he sort of, I, I've, I'm yet to meet or speak to a fan who doesn't like Lando Venata. Lando Venata, it's because his fights are always fun. Yeah, that's why. Seems like a pretty cool dude as well. Yeah, he seems um, decent. But had some shitty luck and shitty perform, not shitty performances. He has dropped fights, which he should have won. 100%, yeah. And I think that's what's cost him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, his last two fights, both super close losses. Oh, no, they're not. They're draws. He's had a couple of draws, and then he's had a couple of close decision losses. Actually, it was 0-2-2 two two in his last four going into this, which is... Uh, that's chopping block territory. Yeah, it's not so, It's not great. Um, So it's good to see a, a fighter who clearly has the skills... Um, prevail and sort of you know keep a space on the roster. He's, he's certainly deserving of being there. Well, the main event was uh, Mr. Adesanya and Anderson Silva. Right off the bat, going to say this: much more competitive than I thought it would be. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, still one-sided. You know, double the strikes for. Yeah, I, I went. Know. I rewatched it because I think, like everybody, we were getting into it live, thinking that. Hoo-hoo-hoo. Anderson, he's doing so well. Rewatched it twice, once without any audio, uh, and yeah, because we were quite shocked that a thirty twenty seven scorecards live, yeah, live, yeah. But on reflection, yeah, absolutely the right call. Oh yeah, I mean Adesanya, you know, this really did weirdly feel like a passing of the torch, didn't it? Yeah, well, it's because. I mean, it's been Age well, well highlighted the the similar fighting styles. I think Silva. We were listening to Chiel Sonnen earlier on, um, just when we were having some lunch, and uh, Chiel said something that that rang true. He said that if Anderson could come away with one regret, it's probably that he didn't follow up the one time that he he had him on the ground. Yeah, and it probably is. It was his one moment to actually, if nothing else, win a round. Absolutely. Plus, I mean... It's a black belt, a third degree black belt versus a blue belt. Yeah, exactly. If there's one place there was a distinct advantage... It, it would prob- be there. It would be there. Um, but I know, I think, like the narrative of that fight was we were just going to see essentially a kickboxing fight in four-ounce gloves, Adis- which is what Adis- it turned into. Adesanya has pillow hands, though. He said it himself. Yeah, um, he doesn't seem to have that natural no, power. He doesn't. It's but I think I think part of that is probably because he doesn't overextend on anything. No, everything's crisp and technical. I think when you're when you're playing a range game that well, it's because you know the exact extension of your punch. Now, like I'm sure he could spark you out in one punch if he threw everything into it, but he just doesn't. Everything, you know, his feet are always perfect. You know, I think that's actually probably more what it is than a lack of power because I'd say that most most middleweights can probably knock one punch anybody if they if they have a clean shot. Yeah. But I think that it is, without Asanya, I think it's that he just refuses to take the risk. Yeah. You know, I think that, well, that's my assessment of it anyway. Yeah, um, but he said himself that he's not 
it's not his game, you know. Plus, he's you know his kicks are so good that you almost don't really need that. Um, but you know, another guy that, that, that interestingly, uh, someone mentioned like that was they said that Yul Romero might be a guy like that where he relies on elbows, kicks, and knees, but actually his hands aren't as dangerous as you'd think. Which it was shocking, and I thought about it, and I was like, hmm. Well, Romero more when he catches you with the hands and drops people, it's more. Because they don't see it coming, because he's so unorthodox. Yeah, he's just throwing from a bizarre angle. I'm sure if uh, you're holding pads for Mr. Romero, it would feel pretty horrific. Yeah, yeah. Because um, like, even if you look at the um, Bronson finish, you know that was, uh, was elbows. Yeah, body elbows, um, which looked horrible. To be fair, you know uh, his first or no, seeing his first three fights. Uh, they were TKOs, but the second two in a row were retirements. It's probably smart. Were they? Who were they? They was were just like it's like some regional fights in like IFF in Poland and uh, yeah, SFC ma- in Germany. Yeah, imagine fighting some oh coming yeah, across turning pro. Yeah, turning pro and fighting Yul Romero, and after a round with him, retirement does seem the smart thing. Yeah, absolutely. Man, screw this. <laughs> this isn't worth it. But see, most of his KOs, it's KO flying knee and punches, KO punches and body elbows, yeah. KO elbows, KO flying knee and punches. Um, Luke Rockhold, uh, you know, he, he did KO, but he's, to be fair, like Luke Rockhold's chin, certainly at middleweight, has has a question mark kick over it. See what see, I did there? See, see what, what I did, did there? there yeah. Hey, hey. Um, but yeah, that, that was that was the main card um, and and the fights. It was, it was speaking of Romero. Romero Adesanya is a fight I would like to see next. Although no, it's not going to happen. No, it is not. But it's also not or if not next, maybe if down the line. Yeah, down the line, I can see it. But Adesanya, I think, struggles to keep him off him. Yeah, absolutely. I just don't think you can run faster backwards than, than you all can forwards. No, and oh, that'd be freaky, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, just, just rewinding. Um, but uh, yeah, that wraps up our recap. I guess it would be time for us, as always, to go to the news. Okay, as you heard by that lovely music, it is time, of course, for the news. Um, I suppose this technically isn't news, actually. I was just going to say, should we quickly just talk about Bellator? Um, yeah. For a start, Bellator obviously happened in Newcastle in the UK. Coverage was fucking appalling. Uh, yes and no. I suppose the app for the prelims did work. Um. But we missed our, one of the guys who trains in our gym who was fighting at it. Yeah, because um, the fight order was all out of whack. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just thought that the, the, the coverage on Channel 5 was crap. Yeah, I spent more time talking about Geordie Shore than the actual fights. Do you know Aaron Chalmers doesn't drink? I do. Did you know Aaron Chalmers doesn't drink? I do, because... He's given it up for four months. You know he doesn't drink. Really? See the guy from Geordie Shore? Guess what? Was there a guy from Geordie Shore? Yeah, guess what, though? Does he not drink? He doesn't drink. Hasn't drank for four months. Moment of the night was uh, the interview with Aaron Chalmers' mum by that girl who clearly... Didn't have a clue. Didn't have a clue about MMA. She could barely speak English. Do you watch his fights? And 
Well, since I'm at the arena since, and since, he's my son. Since I'm his fucking mum. Yeah, maybe. And by, by, by the way, me saying she didn't speak English. She did speak English. Just she just barely well. spoke it. But, yeah. And she was from England. It's fucking terrible. Like, terrible. Um, first of all, Fabian Edwards, Lee Chadwick, uh, fight went pretty much as we thought. Fabian Edwards didn't get the finish. And definitely has room for improvement. Uh, striking in a line quite a lot. Not maybe a little bit more... A little bit less side to side movement than I think you'll need at the at the upper levels, but looked excellent. Yeah. No sign of a bad gas tank. Looked strong. Looked. Ah, uh, it's only beneficial to to get that cage time in against a higher quality opponent. Now, don't get me wrong, Chadwick's not a world beater. He is for a twenty five year old though, who's five and zero at that stage. True. Um, got the time in. Didn't look in trouble. At all. No, no points um, that he look in danger. Was better on the feet, was better on the ground, was better in the clinch, had no trouble with the gas tank. Yeah. Pretty, all good signs. Yeah. Couldn't have went much, much better for him. Aaron Chalmers deserved what he got for trying to have a walk-off KO. Yes, absolutely. And I'm annoyed at myself because I, just before the fight, was like, I'm tempted to bet against him. Yep, you did say that. Um... And it was only because I didn't realise that your guy, Corey Browning, was the guy that beat Baby Slice. Now, I know Baby Slice isn't great, but I was like, I think Baby Slice might beat Aaron Chalmers. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Chalmers now. It's like after... Bin. After you got a... Throw him in the bin. Got a bit of a beating like that. Um, Look, he literally had every chance to finish him. He did. And that's why I think you have to get rid of him. It's not because... Oh, they they won't get rid of him. It's up to... It'll be his choice. Um... Whether he continues or not. He wants to try professional wrestling. And do you know oh what, though? God. Do you know what, though? What I will say is that I have nothing but respect for him. Um, I don't care if he's in Geordie Shore or not. I respect anybody that gets into the cage and does this. Um, you know, fair play. I just think, you know, when... when And this isn't, this isn't meant to be as offensive as it'll come across. I just can't think of a better metaphor for it. When you're a boy playing a man's game, you just got to know. You know, and I think that that there he he showed that he he has what it takes to become a professional cage fighter. But that's that's about as as good a a, a title as he should as he, as I think he could ever get. I there's just not a lot of this was damaging, like in the way CM Punk's loss was damaging. I think it's worse because CM Punk's wasn't through bad fight IQ; it was just through a complete mismatch in fights like as where this was he lost this because of his fight IQ yeah it just it wasn't a good look there wasn't and I don't know we we actually spoke about Leon Roberts saying about miss Leon Roberts in the UFC you don't see him there anymore he was a great ref yeah not in this yeah any other fighter on the roster or on that card, that fight, been that fight would have been stopped. With a se- was it in the second round? Second round, I think. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure uh, Aaron Chalmers, probably looking back, would have preferred to have got stopped with a ground point rather than a horrible heel hook, which was on nice and tight. Just terrible, 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 terrible fight IQ. Um, the walk off KO. It's like, what are you doing? You're an 170 pound guy. You know, not a. 265 guy. I'm not saying that they don't happen in welterweight or in lightweight, sorry, as that was. Um, 
but you got to know when. And I mean, we criticised Jim Crute for doing this, so you're damn right. I'm going to criticise Aaron Chalmers for doing it. You know, yeah, it would have been nice to score a walk off KO in your hometown, but it didn't happen. It didn't. Yeah. And and you know what? It cost him, and that he will for the rest of his life think about that moment. Yeah, that, that will haunt him for the rest of his life. No, he'll he'll never get that. Like that will have this loss will have impacted his his career and prospects hugely going forward. Uh, and oh, how different it could have been. He, what I will say is, better than he he's done better than than I expected him to. He hasn't fought great competition, but he also hasn't fought complete shite. Like I've seen people handed worse fights than what he's been handed. I don't know, like. I think this was another fight just designed for him to look decent. Mm. Um, and he did not. He looked pretty darn terrible. For Bar the flurry on the feet, um, I don't think he won any of that fight against Browning. Uh, Scope, Ryan Scope and Patricky Pitbull was the main event. Um, Pitbull apparently broke his hand in the first, which makes sense. Um Pitbull's super aggressive. Scope really surprised me in this fight. He looked really, really good. He did. Uh, the outside calf kick was working ridiculously well. It looked, oh. it looked like Pitbull's... Downfall almost. Yeah, a few more of those and it uh, could have been over. His shin was all swollen and red. Just could Puffy. nearly feel it through the TV. Yeah, you feel the heat resting yeah. off it. Um, his uh, movement obviously... It didn't look... Too much like it was limiting his movement, but you You know, you you know that it it would have been. Yeah, you could see it sometimes. Just where you can see the little tentative steps. That's what it is. It's the size of the changing stance. Yeah, Mm. they switch stance, but also like when they step forward, you see him step forward a tiny little bit. It's almost psychologically protecting your leg. You know, there's like it's. It wasn't so much that you know you could see his leg buckling from under him or anything it was more just you could see that his steps were becoming shorter and shorter he was more and more hesitant to to enter that range and uh you know it was, it was a great performance from patricky showing that you know like we be veterans up here bro you know um, yeah i still think he won oh right yeah score. he won it was the right score two rounds to one but i think scope did himself all the favors there um great performance in front well it's not his home He's from Sunderland, I think, isn't it? Yeah. So as close as it's going to get. He's a Mackham. Um, to a home crowd. And he's, he's sort of, even in even in a loss, has uh, cemented himself as a contender. I'm sure there won't be too many in the Bellerweight. Uh, Bellerweight. The Bellerweight. Bellerweight division. In, in the Bellator roster. Uh, looking at him going, yep, I'll have that. We'll check this shit, right? So uh, it was the headline uh, that I read earlier and it blew my mind. The 1.0 metered market overnight average for the prelims of UFC 234. Second best pay-per-view prelims since 2012. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Isn't it? Why? What was the appeal of the ESPN. That's why. What time was it? Well, no, it wouldn't have been any different in no, America. No, it would have been regular time, and that will help it. But this like, the, this is a really good sign, because that is two cards in a row from ESPN for the prelims have done gangbusters. Yeah. This is a good sign for the sport. Does really good yeah. sign for the sport. Um, I because there was definitely not uh, any big names drawing the casual fans in for that one. No, no. Um, there wasn't. Um, but... You know, I think 
it almost doesn't matter because you could credit what we could criticize the UFC for in the past is not building fighters up, but you could argue that they didn't do that because they had no way other than hardcore fans who sought out the prelims. Well, the prelims have been on Fox for the last. Yes, they have, but only some of them. And also on top of that, like people often like they're like the people watching this aren't hardcore fans. They're watching it because it's on. They mm. don't know the names anyway. You know, they might know. You know, they might know the the upper echelon guys on the prelims. You know, but they but they don't. You know, numbers like this aren't happening because oh my god, all of a sudden hardcore fans are watching on mass. No, no, no. Everyone's watching on mass because it's on TV on a Saturday night. Yeah, when they're sitting in front of the telly with a beer. Very true. It's not an option. Oh, yeah, I'll just what's on? Oh, the basketball's on. I'll just watch the basketball. What's on? Oh, that's that cage fight. I'll have a look at that. Yeah. That's all it is. That's all it is. Just having that as an option in front of the TV, um, and it's it looks to be doing plenty for the UFC so congratulations to the UFC I guess um, and, and long may I continue because as an MMA fan whether or not I like the UFC long term over Bellator long term is irrelevant um, anything that grows the sport to me is a uh, is a positive um, Dana White says that Habib can't sit out it does also look like Connor and Cowboy is on but Connor's also called Nate out in Brazil what about Connor just Calling everybody out, just wanting a piece of everything. Can't blame him. You know, it's look. We know what's going to happen. Interim belt for Connor. Yeah, would it would seem so that he can clash with Habib when he comes. Although, all logic says, if you're going to have an interim belt, it has to be Tony and Dustin, or Tony and Connor. At minimum, it has to be Tony. I mean, he was the interim champion. For goodness' sake, yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Tony and Nate, or Tony and Dustin. Or you do Tony and Dustin and the winner fights Connor. Now, I'm not saying that's what I think, because I, like, I, same as you, whoever the best guy is. What I'm saying is, I'm going my UFC logic. They want Connor in it, so you need to sneak Tony and, 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 uh, and Poirier in now, and the winner gets Connor. Like, I don't like it. I'd rather see, I'd rather, do you know, no, do you know what I'd like to see? Tony. And Dustin and Connor and Cowboy and the two winners fight for the mini, mini tournament. Mini tournament. I don't think they will do that. I think they'll just be one an, off. Yeah, an interim title made. Um, Tony Connor. I don't think Connor's. I think Connor beats Tony. I don't. Um, he gets hit too much. I don't think Connor's, other than his marketability, from an actual like, from sporting standpoint. He's not really deserving of a of a title shot of any variety right now. Whereas there are people, yeah, who are I agree on runs. Um, I think, I think Tony, Tony Dustin booked for an interim title with Connor and Cowboy, possibly all on the same card, so that if there's injuries, you can slot yep. them around. Um, makes sense, but yeah, if although if Habib's gonna sit out till November, like. He's choosing to sit out. His suspension will be well over by then. Yeah, you take that belt, don't you? Yeah, you kind of have to strip him. As much as I don't want to see it happen, because 
He deserves it. And no, no, well, not even he, he deserves it. I just want to see some stability in a division. Like, it yeah, feels but you like, kind of have to. It, it feels it, like all the time we're stripping champions or there's interim champions for the, one reason or another. I'd be annoyed to see him strip Habib and especially not strip be, Whitaker. Especially because lightweight has been so all over the place over the last few years because of Connor taking time out to box and holding up the belt. And then we've had... Tony is an interim champion, then that's been stripped, then we had Connor stripped, then Habib won an interim, oh no, he won the full. So, and this is actually a good this point, this would be a good time to bring it up, so to those who don't know, um, and if you don't know, don't know what rock you've been under, but obviously we lost Whitaker and Gastelum as a main event at Sounds UFC. awful, the way you've said um, that. Yeah, we've, we've, said it, we've lost them both, yeah. Yeah, overboard. They will and, be uh, very But the main event missed. dropped out because uh, Whitaker, it, it transpired, needed emergency surgery the night before. Now, I do not think that someone getting emergency surgery means you should strip them. Of course, no. But depends how long he's out but for. What, but this is a. This is right. So exhibit A is how long is he out for? But B, Whitaker has only fought twice in like two and a half years or something along those lines. Both against Yule. Yeah. I think it. Uh, it depends. It's a how tough lo- one. When did, he last, when did he last fight? July? June, July? Uh, yeah. I would give him till then. Actually, wait, was it? Yeah, no, it was. It was June. I'd give it to the summer, and if there isn't a fight booked by then, then you'll start to have to look at either creating the dreaded interim title or I think you do the interim him. title now, because there's there's space in the market for it. You know, um, Well, who do you do? Kelvin and Kelvin and Izzy? Israel, if he take it. Now, Israel said no. Israel said, I'll wait until... Izzy or till uh, Whitaker and Gaslam have their fight, but I mean, goodness knows how long it'll take that's exactly Whitaker it. to recover. That's exactly it. So, yeah, I think you do Israel Gaslam for the belt, the interim. I really do, and it's only because, as much as I like Whitaker, he has struggled to maintain being healthy enough. Now, it's a hard thing to hold against somebody, yeah. so it isn't a moral thing. It's just, it's a thing of business is business, and it needs to continue. Um, look at me, sounding like Dana over here. Yeah, but the difference so. is that Dana wouldn't come out and just lay it out and be like, look, it's 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 nothing against him. He will get a shot straight away when he comes back. You know, like yeah. to me, if, 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 if I were in charge, I'd be saying to Rob Whitaker, I'd be saying, we have to do an interim, mate. We have to. Yeah. And once we do that, you, you're... you're you're going to unify the belt again, or you're going to try to unify the belt again, and that will happen right away. I wouldn't strip him yet, and what I would be saying to him is, if, for whatever reason, you cannot fight before June, which is a year, we will have to look at stripping you at that stage. But rest assured, the second that that you're able to fight, you will get the shot at whoever holds that belt. The problem is, and it's sort of to do with what I was just saying about the lightweight belt, is that the UFC has set a precedent that you don't have to defend and they won't strip. Because they essentially let Connor set out the guts of two years holding two belts. Connor's the one that's that's caused all this. Yeah. Um and and the issue is that you've other fighters just jumping on that bandwagon going, Yeah. No, I don't need to. And and unfortunately they probably should, but they, they don't. have ever, unfortunately they have every right to as well. Well Correct. you did it for him. Yeah, exactly. Um right, so a couple of things. First of all, Izzy got booed when he was giving his speech, but it wasn't because of his speech. It was because Kevin Gastelum was on the screen holding uh, the belt. Oh, jeez, that was right. embarrassing. So this one again too. Gastelum obviously holding the belt, um, which was Cejudo's belt. This is Ali Abdelaziz behind all of this. 
Henry Cejudo, great fighter, possibly the most cringeworthy human being on earth. Oh, I watched the embedded dude, and it was in they were in Gastelum's hotel room, warming up and getting a sweat on there. It's because he talks like this. Everything is like. Yeah, like he thinks it's the greatest sentence in the world. Yeah, but he, he said to Gaslam, he was like, "All those people saying you can't do this, man. You're gonna get beat. Use that, harness it. It's fuel. You'll get better." And I was just like, "Man, shut the fuck up!" Like the guy's going to fight. Like he's a world class athlete. He doesn't need a pep talk from a midget. Fuck off! Like <laughs> you know, like it, it it annoys me. And I look, I lo- I like I love Sahuto cold. Like not as a as a. As a personality, not as a human, but, but no, as not a as a personality, but as a fighter, and and like called him to beat TJ, but uh, you know, he he does need to tone, to, it, tone down. it down a bit. It's like I get it, your story. I came from nothing. I'm an Olympic gold medalist. I'm now a world champion. Like I get it. It's an amazing story, but just just calm down. Like stop being Ali Abdulaziz's like little hand puppet. Like in the way that you're promoting yourselves, it's it's stupid. Um, Ali Abdulaziz. Kind of just stealing Connor's shtick and giving it to all his fighters, and that's what annoys me the most about this is that Ali Abdelaziz is a, like I've he is a, every bit the scumbag. Oh, uh, more so. I have a muted on Twitter, so I don't really see it. Well, the one that the it. one that got me the other day, and I nearly lost my temper, was um, oh Tony's uh, like two weeks ago. Tony's the next fight. It's the only fight to make, and mm. then you hear. G, uh, Habib and GSP's rumoured and then he comes out and is like well, no interest in fighting Tony that fight doesn't achieve anything you're like but oh, oh like five days yeah. right I'm confused fuck that guy fuck yeah. that guy at all and uh you know, yeah Calvin get dude, away dude yeah so uh, McGregor said about this he actually tweeted about the belt did you see this I did see this so he said why is why is that worm holding the 185 pound belt? There are worms crawling on his skin. It was absolutely ludicrous to even consider allowing him to compete, let alone now walk around the arena shaking our ha- our fans' hands. Someone sort this this instant and sterilize that belt immediately. Now again, a bit rich coming from the guy who stole all those belts. No, but hang on, that's what I was going to get to. Well, not that at a different point. Um, he. D- d- just in case people don't know, uh, Gaslam had worms. Uh, or no, uh, staff. no staff, sorry, um, and allegedly ringworm ring worm. as well. Very, very common in jiu-jitsu, wrestling, anywhere where there's mats and bacteria. That's why we have to mop the mats down after every practice in BJJ. Um, That's why they recommend showering like once a week if you're training. Just get all that staff off you. Yeah. You don't want to overshower. No, you don't want to shower like every, every. other day or every day. No, yeah. like you want to. You don't want to waste the water. Just one good shower. One, a week. one boiling hot shower. Yeah, with and like just bleach. Scrub a bleach. Scrub yeah, a, scrub the pits with bleach. With bleach and like steel wool. I do kind of agree, and I don't normally agree with McGregor, which is he's right. Like staff is literally deadly. Yeah. To a lot, like it is super dangerous, and people take it. That lightly. seems to have got past the commissions quite a bit. Remember Kevin Lee yeah, fought Tony Ferguson on his chest. Yeah, it was gross. Um, on a slightly, di- slightly different. We were talking about this earlier, oh, dude. With the belt, that annoys me more than anything because don't touch it. you don't. Yeah, you don't touch it. I was saying it's sort of the same premise in that if I went up to jujitsu, now I'm a white belt. And I saw a blue belt, or a purple belt, or a brown belt, or a black belt, even sitting on the ground. I wouldn't pick it up and put it on. No, because you have to earn Woo-hoo! it. Yeah, look at me go. Yeah, you have to earn it. 
you know, like, as this, I have the same sort of like thing with MMA belts. Like, if it's not yours, you don't get your picture taken with it. You don't put it over your shoulder. Yeah. It would have been fine if he'd like like that. Is the, those are literally the the spoils of war. It would be you, you know like it would have been fine if he'd like done himself a ridiculous like you know made himself a dumb cardboard one. Yeah, and, 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 and highlighted his point, which there is accuracy to. If this were wrestling, now it's not. And I don't mean yeah. I don't mean uh, professional wrestling like WWF. I mean amateur wrestling. Forfeits he forfeited the match. He did everything. There is an element of truth to what Gastelum's saying, and that is where I think this is frustrating because he didn't need to to go this way to promote what what no. What I think, point I think he, has. he has only hurt his reputation with this. He's really hurt it. Yeah, and it's a shame because Gastelum, one of my favorite fighters, personality wise, before this, um, he's coming off looking like a cock. It really does. He's come off looking like a douchebag. Yeah. Um, but. It is what it is. Um, this is something that we see. It has had the opposite effect where I'm sure he thought it was like, no, oh, well, love it or hate it, people want to see me fight next. Now I'm kind of just like, nah, fuck that yeah, guy. Yeah, I don't care now. Yeah. yeah. No, I do still want to see him fight. And I do think that, as I said, he's damaged his own stock. And also, he had a valid point. He did not need to do this to portray his issue, which is that, you know, look, I showed up. I made weight. I did all the things I needed to do. He backed out. I'm the champ now. Um, see Megan Anderson absolutely tore him to shreds on Twitter that's Megan Anderson though doesn't matter like, all valid points what did she say hold on till I get it up here is she good looking Megan Anderson I can see arguments both ways it's very diplomatic <laughs> that's the most diplomatic answer I've ever my bum's a bit sore from the fence <laughs> not for me personally but I could understand how others mm, fair that's even further diplomatic yep. what are you fucking politician over here yeah I can't find these tweets now you're making me look like a fool Megan no Anderson. that's okay I believe that Megan Anderson did say something about Gaslam um, but you know yeah he did he definitely hurt himself oh no she I see one here you know if that staff he shouldn't have been medically cleared to fight which we agree with. Yep. Uh, so you wouldn't have been the champ anyway, blah, blah, blah. Also, how many times has he missed weight or pulled out of fights? I, that's a very which, valid yeah, point. pot, kettle, black. But none of those, to be fair, devil's advocate, none of those title fights, and mm. and he went. He, he had a consequence. He moved up weight class. He realised that and, and went. Fair enough. And hasn't returned either. I'd have maybe criticised him if, if he, he's not doing what Johnny Hendricks did. Miss weight, miss weight, miss weight, miss weight. Go up, miss weight anyway. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. miss weight a couple of times. Yeah, he did. Yeah. But, you know, what are we doing? Just just criticizing, like, criticizing everyone for everything, you know? Like, yes. That's exactly <laughs> that what we're exactly doing. That is exactly what we will do. Um, so, Wanderlei Silva, um, he has revealed that he has, and this, this may shock you. I am prepared to be shocked. He has several... Concussion-like symptoms. What? Right. I wouldn't have imagined Wanderlei will ever have had a concussion. No. Um. He said 
I was in a lecture about concussion, and of the ten symptoms, the guy. I think the most shocking thing about this story is, is a wonderly in a lecture. Could you imagine him sitting there, glasses <laughs> on? Mm. Yeah. What do you say? What do you say? Taking notes with a crayon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, talk about Brazil. Wonder was he etching notes into like a stone? He is like a big ape. Like I love him. And um, he said that of the ten symptoms that the guy mentioned, he has eight. <laughs> Vanderlei of the ten symptoms you mentioned, I have twelve. And this is this is the bit that I love. The symptoms would be, and this is a direct quote. For example, mood swings, getting angry very fast. What the axe murder? Forgetting some angry. things and having difficulty sleeping. He no forget when we talk about Brazil. Though. I have a lot of those symptoms. Yeah, those could just be general life problems. Yeah, like mood swings. Like, well, well, who doesn't have mood swings? Well, it depends on what you mean by that. Like, are we talking like I have the best friends in the world to, to murderous rage, kill yeah. everybody? Um, but the one that he's the always one, seemed very rash and well, you know, under <laughs> control in his interviews. Thing that thing that I do like about this is he has off the back of this. Now, the one thing I will say is I find it very ridiculous that. So he still has no no plans to retire. Of course, why which, would you? You've only eight of the, the ten symptoms. Like, I feel not like, like I, it's not like I had the whole ten. So we're shocked at the fact he's at a lecture, but he's clearly missed the entire <laughs> point of the lecture by going. The lecture title was "Please Retire, Wonderland" yeah, by yeah. Professor Blah yeah. Blah. Um, so his quote, which made me laugh, which was a. Uh, he has no plans to retire right now. Silva hopes that fellow veteran Vitor Belfort signs with Bellator so he can rematch him in 2019. Now, this is this is one of my favourite quotes ever, and I like I might get this tattooed. Silva lost to the Phenom by knockout early in his career in 1998 and says, and I quote, this is brilliant, it hurts to have the loss to a weak fighter like Belfort on my record. Oh, that pussy. Oh, that, that little bitch, Vitor Belfort, not one of the greatest of all time. Like, yeah. The fucking hell, Vitor. Like, come on, Wanderlei. Um, but one thing that... Uh, Sadly, that is a fight I could see them booking. And I'm not against it. So, uh, well, if Vanderlei would die. But if you hear, hear this quote, right, and then uh, if you want to share your thoughts, he said, I believed that the more you got punched the more you could take it and it's the opposite the more you get the less you can take it in the fight Silva said if I could leave a tip for the young guys it would be don't hit yourselves every day if you have a young student don't let him take too many punches to the head there's the right moment to do a hard training session but it can't be every day a good coach takes care of their students don't hit yourself every day so I've been doing it wrong you have just I use a cricket bat to harden my head it has worked yeah so far so far the logic there. The more shots you take, the more you'll be able to take. Can you not see how people would have thought that, though, back, you know, 20 years ago? No science behind it, and it's, well, how do you do it? Well, you get the same, same with your shins. You get conditioned to it. Head conditioning. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, what do you, you want to get a rolling pin? Do, do you want to know something that worries me, though? Silva says he is currently a volunteer in an experiment from a Canadian company and vitamin-based product called Brain Armor. It is expected to help protect his brain before training sessions and fights. Well, he's nothing to worry about then. That's kind of my worry. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, Brain so armor. much to take They've from just this. got him wearing a helmet, don't they? I wish, yeah. <laughs> I wish that they had this... Um, this article more... Po- it was MMA fighting had the article. Uh, I wish you got more traction and more traffic. Um, it was actually by, uh, excuse me if I'm mispronouncing the name, Guilherme, um, 
Cruz, um, who you can follow at twi- uh, on Twitter. At I think the, uh, is it Guillermo? Guillermo Cruz. Um, I apologise. Um, it's at G-U-I-C-R-U-Z-Z-Z. This really deserves a lot more traction because this is actually a really important uh, piece of news, I think. Uh, when you have someone like Vanderlei Silva, who the internet has famously mocked, if you will, for the, the inherent brain trauma... Yeah. Um, when you have someone like that coming out and saying, "Look, I'm I'm shocked as you are to find this out, but apparently this is a terrible idea." You know, I think it's really important that this this piece of news gets traction. Um, yeah. I think there's still gems out there. In fact, some which we shan't name that we know of full well that are are large gems and well known that 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 have seriously hard sparring. Um, you know, to the point that uh, well, think of how many. First of all, Vanderley must have had fifty pro fights. Oh, uh, fifty-one, I think, yeah. something like that. Yeah, and then I think if, if I might be getting this wrong, but I think in interviews he said he's had a particularly rough upbringing in Brazil, fighting in the streets. So there's a whole other pile of fights, and then of course he is a member of uh, Shooterbox, who were world famous for having gym wars. Him yeah. and Anderson Silva, uh, was it the Nigera brothers? Were they in there as well? Yeah. Um, uh, the Shogun. That's just say Shogun uh, and Silva. And Ninja. Like I remember reading somewhere once. Apparently, just knocking seven shades out of each well, other. I remember reading once something along the lines of Shogun and uh, Vanderlei Silva had fought in there, like countless like, time, yeah. like fought, fought oh, uh, yeah. to the point that they were like keeping score about it. You know, like uh, you know, yeah. people were getting dropped all the time, and and uh, you know, it, it's try. Well, it's that old. Uh, Methodology of trial by fire. So like, yeah, can you take a punch? Let's yeah. find out. Essentially, yeah. Um, you know, and that's look. There, there's definitely a time and a place for it. I mean, we um, we have our first cage fights coming up here. Um, in well, in three weeks, and you know, we we've done a bit of hard sparring, but like, it's it's very. You wouldn't want to be doing it every day. No, well, I mean, we stopped hard sparring weeks and weeks and weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's that's because. You don't do it close to the fight. You know, the sparring now is very technical. It's very light. It's very flowy. It's more about finding finding openings, getting your range down, getting the movement. It's not It's not about, yeah. you know, trying to bladder the piss out of someone else. So no. um, I just wish that this, this, this piece got more traction because I think that this is a really... It's one of those pieces of news that is actually really significant. It'll be like a, a professional... I'm trying to think of an equivalent. Well, it'll be like when the... Ex NFL guys used to start coming out and about the CTA yeah. issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but 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 that was massive news. Yeah, I also would suggest that he hasn't done himself any favors here because uh, did uh, well. He had a Velasquez chance. not get in trouble for disclosing an injury, and then he couldn't fight. You know, like he's well, just uh, said that he has concussions. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see. If he fights again, what commission won't take a good, long, hard look at that? But unfortunately, I think that's a side of MMA and combat sports, which, you know what, if Underlay Silva's still going to make you money, um, you'll trot him out there in front of the lights, whether for his benefit or detriment. I think it is to his detriment, sadly. Um, our team Lubov making headlines again, uh, trying to wrap his way into Bellator MMA, apparently. That is according to MMAmania.com. Um, well known. That's how you get signed with Bellator. Well... Um, 
He said, yo, 50 cent. Them Bellator fighters are crafty and nifty. I want to be tested against them a lot. Make me an offer. I'll worthy fight at of the goat. Five. Yeah. So, I love yo, 50. Them Bellator fighters are crafty and nifty. That's terrible. Yeah. Um, Get that AB round so scheme. For a start, our team? No. Second of all, check this one. K1 has always been on my radar. Oh, Proper dude. fights. Bacall, Senchai. Send them my way. It will be a huge honour to share the ring with them. I'm sure they feel the exact same way. Well, he is the greatest of all time, after all. Jeez. So, Fouquet, top team, absolutely nailed the response. If if any of you don't know who Senchai or Bacall are, go and look them up. Because that's that's literally that's all you need to do. Just go on YouTube them. Uh, Muay Thai guys. Uh, you got to earn fights with Senchai or Bakai. Both have over 300. What commission in their right mind would make 300 plus fight and handfuls of world titles versus zero and zero? Gotta love your candy attitude, but actions over words, step by step. Bam. Slap that idea yeah, right slap on that with down, facts and bitch. logic. Bellator is where he needs to end up. He's already had a nice offer, apparently. Just stop. Go to Bellator. Yeah. Go to Bellator and go and potentially get the featherweight title shot that you know you might actually get. <laughs> Good lord, I hope not. Imagine him and Aaron Pico. <sighs> I don't even want to think about it. I just don't want to think about it at all. Well, I kind of do. I want to watch it now. Um, oh, the other one, which is really good, is Malik Nagy and Khan. I'm ready to go next Saturday. Where he's at? To Amir Khan? Yeah. Have they not already fought? Amir Khan and Artem Lubov. Oh, I thought you said Polly. No, no. Malik. Oh, Lubov Artem Lubov to, tweeted, these, to these guys? Tweeted them. Oh, jeez. Yeah, dead on. Of course, that's the fight the whole world wants to see. Artem Lubov versus Amir Khan. Could you imagine how quickly that would end? Yes. <laughs> First round? Yeah. Maybe second. Amir Khan dances round for a round. And... I saw it's fucking shocking. It's appalling that you would even... He's get, Yeah, he's getting on a bit stupid now. Yeah, good luck. I get it. Like, I get that you're trying to, you know, better your career. You know, I, I kind of, I I'm not even sure what the age he is. He must be in his 30s. Yeah. Um, Looking for a couple of paydays. Um... Be realistic. All this nonsense doesn't help anybody. It just makes you look stupid and delusional. I agree. Um, last piece of news for the week. Jose Aldo's manager wants Aldo versus Alexander Volkanovsky at UFC 237. No thanks. Would like to watch, but as an Aldo fan who is on Correct. the uh, the farewell tour. No thanks. Just, you know, touring that album one last Vol- time. I think Volkanovsky beats him. I don't know. I think he's more athletic. I don't know. I'm just, I'm real hesitant to write Aldo off against oh, anybody I, now. I've other than very, Max very few, but I think that uh, the what Vol- Volkanovski did to Mendez, like Aldo, like Aldo did not even come close to doing that to Mendez in that, in that fashion. It was like, he look, did beat him twice. He beat him twice. I'm not disparked him. He did, yeah, but not, not the way Volkanovski did. I don't know. Like the Mendez win was impressive, but hindsight with Mendez, it sounded very much like he'd one foot out the door going into that. Um, I don't know. I don't really want to see that. I don't think it makes too much sense, especially if it makes a lot of sense if if, if Aldo he wants was the belt. yeah if Aldo was trying to get get back to 
the featherweight title, then yes, makes all the sense in the world. But he has openly said by the end of 2019, he's done. Uh, Max Holloway will still be champion by then, and I don't want to see Holloway Aldo 3. So I'm not really interested. No, in that I've no, I have no interest in watching Holloway Aldo 3 at all. None at all. So this weekend, there's actually uh, way too much uh, MMA going on. Uh, there is two Bellator events and one UFC event. We aren't going to bore you with the ins and outs of all uh, the fights and all the events. But uh, on Friday night, we get uh, Matt Mitchell and Sergey Karatanov, which is... I smell an upset coming. Karatanov. You, th- you, you think that he's an upset? Yeah, I would say probably Matt Mitchell's the the favourite. Well, I'll be betting on Karatanov. Yeah, as would I. Well, I'm going to have to look up the odds for that. We could have a uh, we could have a betting uh, a tip here. Um, I I think Karatonov's going to spark him. I think it, it's one of those heavyweight fights that it's whoever gets the big shot in first. Yeah, um, but I just think that Karatonov, like, well, Karatonov is what is <laughs> he's pretty fucking elite, like. Oh, he's and he's been around forever. What? Matt Mitrone is two years older than him? That's mad. Mitrone 40? No way. Is he? I'm going to have to look this up now. This could have just blown my mind. There's no way Matt Mitrone's 40. Matt Mitrone. Yeah, he's 40. Uh, That's mad. He's older than Sergei Karatonov. Uh, Matt Metrion is the underdog. Is he? 2, 2.10 are the odds. And 1.74 1. for Karatonov. Really? Well, I've read it wrong. I cannot believe that Metrion is older than Karatonov. Karatonov's been around forever. He's only th- 38. Hmm... That's crazy. I would have thought that Mitrion was younger than that. I mean, I knew he was in his mid to late 30s, but I didn't have him pegged as 40 years old. Four. He's looking well for a 40-year-old 40, 40 man. <laughs> yeah, full, he does. Full head of hair. Yeah, full head Athleticism of hair. Athleticism still all there. I just think Karatonov is criminally underrated just because he's been outside of sort of the big promotion he since has, his pride that's, days. That's cost him massively being outside of the, the public eye. Um, but... <sighs> Yeah, he beat the piss out of Roy Nelson in his last fight. Oh yeah, like that was it was ugly. Yeah, um, and you know what, Roy and Metrion, whilst I, I favour Metrion heavily, if it were to happen again, um, I, I don't think that would look anywhere near as one sided as Karatanov. No. Oh dear. Well, the next night is the big one for Bellator. It is uh, Paul Daly and Michael Venom Page. Now, there's a few fights... Happening, of course, in sunny England. Uh, yeah, London, isn't it? No. It's happening in the arse end of nowhere, as far as I know, but should. make sense, doesn't it, from Bellator, uh, having the two, essentially, top English... British guys, British yeah. welterweights. Why not put it in Connecticut? Yeah. Uh, where actually is it? Connecticut, the, Yeah, think. it's in the... Mo- yeah, it is. In the Mohegan Sun Arena, it's just this is some of the most baffling Bellator booking. We talked about this when we heard this. Like this was the bit. This was Bellator have made such a massive push in Europe, especially with signing a lot of Irish prospects. Um, and those could be the two top European fighters. Yeah, easily, especially at welterweight. Easily, um, 
Yeah, and you're having them fight in Connecticut. Like you were just in Newcastle. Who on earth did that fight poster? It is very, very dark. Yeah, that's not great. That's terrible. Um, loads of fights um, that are excellent. This Eric Silva's fighting um, Amosov, um, which I would I'd favor Eric Silva there, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Mm. Um, Am- look, Amosov is is good, but I just I just think Eric Silva's broken. You know? Do you? Yeah. I just think, well, has he fought in Bellator yet? No. This is his first fight in Bellator, I think. Is it? Uh, he definitely suffered post-USADA. Oh, there's no no two ways about that. Um, like no one I've I've ever seen. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. He was supposed to fight Lorenz Larkin in the Welderweight Grand Prix alternate bout. Yeah. But that's, I uh, can't remember, canceled, someone's yeah. dropped out of it. Is He has won once since being cut from the UFC against Nick Barnes in... LFA, um, which isn't really too, doesn't really give too much of a picture no, of where no, he's it doesn't, at. Doesn't really uh, tell you anything. Whereas Amosov is uh, twenty and zero right now. Yep, tearing through people. Um, yeah, I think this is. I think Amosov wipes the floor with him. Uh, Roy Nelson and Mirko Krukop. Uh, what a fight! Uh, I actually favour Krukop in this. I think it could look a lot like the first time they fought, where Nelson just took him down, sort of smashed him with a heavy top game. Um, it, de- yeah. it depends if Mr. Krokop is uh, on those Mexican supplements. Which he and by be. all accounts, he certainly looks like he is. He's also coming back from the most horrendous knee injury of all time. Yeah, so His whole ligament just completely gone. Yeah, so goodness knows what state he's actually in. Now, he has been winning a lot in the last few years but against let's be honest questionable pretty subpar opposition uh Roy Nelson I think is another guy who's kind of done um he looked was it Mitrione the Mitrione fights although well I mean we just spoke about what Karatonov did to him yeah and he looked terrible against Mitrione didn't look great against uh Ayala like he's He's 42, Krukop's 44. Like, who the hell knows? No. Like, and big, juiced-up heavyweights. Although I'm not claiming Roy is, but... He could be. He could be. Krukop certainly... Looks it. Looks like he's oozing testosterone. I don't know how to how to pick this. I mean, logic would say that Roy kind of does the same thing. Um, injuries, age, with Krukop could all come... I'm catching up. I don't know. It's actually quite a hard one to pick when, it, I'm, yeah. when I'm thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, no, it is. I just think that, that Mirko, I'll be honest, like it's the juice. I think that, yeah. I think that it sees him through. Um, Czech Congo and Vitaly Minikov is the co-main. That oh, is Minikov. a fucking fight. Minikov is a beast. Minikov should do it. He should do, he but... should, but Congo just seems to find a way this to do it. This, of course, is, all, is another rematch from five years ago where Minikov won by decision. But Czech Congo... He's on. He's, he's on a hell of a run. Um, my only complaint, we like we've said in this podcast many times before, with the Bellator heavyweight Grand Prix, is that it was kind of populated with a bunch of middleweights and light heavyweights. When they had guys like Czech Congo on the roster, who should have been fighting on it. Um, yeah, he's on what seven or eight wins. Um, he's actually finished his last few. I mean, that's always been the the complaint against Czech Congo is that. He's fairly dull to watch, but 
I mean, two first-round finishes on the bounce. I still don't think it's enough. I think Minikov could be best heavyweight possibly outside of the UFC. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, for all intents and purposes. And look, you don't get a record of 21-0 at heavyweight. But even the names, you know, Tony Johnson, Bigfoot Silva, DJ Linderman, okay, he's not fantastic. Yeah. Josh Copeland, who got to the uh, PFL finals, Geronimo Dos Santos, and then Czech Congo. Battered uh, Alexander Volkov back in the day in Bellator, you know. I I could see this going the distance, you know. Both guys are, you know, obviously Minikov's tough, and I hate when people say that about fighters. They're both tough. Well, duh, you know. But difficult to finish. Obviously, Czech Congo is on another career resurgence. Minikov's, I mean, you can't argue with 21-0, can you? No, no, you can't. Um, he was the Bellator champion, but then relinquished it to fight outside. Uh, I think he went had a, pretty sure his last eight or nine fights have been in Russia. So, yeah. I don't know what's brought him back to Bellator, but... Money. Yeah, probably. Um, and and the shot at actually, you well, know, not being outside. Well, of the, Scott Coker the, the said, cycle. "Winner of this fight gets uh, a crack at Ryan Bader." I think that's fair. I think that they both Minikov Ryan Bader is uh, that's a tough fight to call. That's that's interesting. It's tasty though, tasty. And then of course we get to the the main event, the long-awaited fight: Michael Van and Page, Paul Daly. I this has Paul Daly upset written all over it to me. Yeah, the bet nods in this are not reflective of it at all. We, I believe Michael Page could be great. Could be. He just hasn't fought anybody of any significant level. Now, we were looking at this earlier when we were breaking down Paul Daly's record. He has not beaten anybody elite. No, but, but MVP, even if he's good, is not elite. No, but the, the difference is just the experience more than anything like Daly is comfortably over 50 pro MMA fights he's probably got 25 kickboxing fights yeah I don't know if he's got an amateur career um but that's just time served and he's been in there with some absolute killers he has. um both guys have ridiculous striking obviously uh Paul Daly's more traditional Thai style um, Venom Page obviously super unorthodox does whatever the hell he wants yep but this is his, this is super interesting because this is his first big test we will find out a lot about him we will but uh, but the problem is that MVP right we talked about this earlier on Dave Rickles was if he had fought three or four Dave Rickles Dave Rickles-esque uh, fighters and one mm-hmm. I'd be going yeah guy's gonna be legit He's got one decent one. win. Now, what I would say is, if you have to factor in what he did to David Rickles, oh yeah, it's not just who he's fought; he, it's what he's he done to them. Made, but he made him quit, and that's a that's a Muay Thai guy, you know, who's used to taking kicks and punches, and you know, he's used to the striking damage. He wasn't a wrestler who you know wasn't used to getting hit, or you know, that was a striker who was just like, yeah, fuck this, this is not worth it. Yeah, fuck this. He retired himself. No, I'm out. Bye. I just, yeah. Came back and beat um, Bomba. Bomba, you know, who is not a bad fighter. So Dave Rickles, you know, it's not like that fight broke him. 
you know, came back and showed that the, I was just no, not fuck that. No. And that does make me question it. But Paul Daly, like, he has just seen everything and done everything and been everywhere. And the traditional way to beat Paul Daly is you do what John Fitz, fucker, yeah, what, which MVP can't do. No, not at all. We'll find out a lot because I don't think Paul da- Paul Daly should be so seasoned that he will not get flustered by. Oh, the showmanship, the yeah. I think he's just gonna he's gonna fight, make him fight in the phone box. I think this is um like if we're doing our uh, our punt of the week. Yeah, you punt it on Paul Daly. Yeah, and you, you punt it, hard. Yeah, Paul Daly via knockout is bound to be pretty decent odds. Um, I will have a look now. Yeah, um, I, I. It's I, hard to go against the veteran. Yeah, and a veteran with so much experience as well. Um, you know, Paul Daly is a plus two twenty five at the minute, so he's pretty heavy. Um, Michael Page minus three oh three currently. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's the money line, but let's have a look at the the fractional odds here. Yeah, Paul Daly is at nine to four. That's ridiculous. And Michael Page better than two twenty to sixty one. Yeah, that's now Michael Page. Very, you know, we're not saying this is a cert or anything. No, well, we you never, you know, but if you're going to take a risk, this the odds over twos, over doubles. Yeah, the odds aren't reflective at all. That's just a win. That's just a win. You know, you you look at a KO. um, I'll see if I can find a KO here. Actually. But it's it's yeah. I mean, you have to go with with daily um, for a number of reasons. But I just I think his fighting style as well. He's just you know MVP MVP won't like being put on the back foot. I know he's a counter striker. Paul Daly. Paul Daly. Paul got a great chin. Um, I can't really remember people other than the Nick Diaz fight. Can't really remember him being stopped with strikes. No. Um. So we'll see. He might just walk through it. Might walk it down. Only issue is that Please. it's true. But uh, Daly's quite. It's that Thai style, you know, high guard body walk, shots, walks you down, throws everything as hard as he can. Can be a touch linear. Yep. Might play into. Uh, MVP's movement, but mm. I don't know. This is a fun fight. I, I, I think Daly will pull the upset. I think I was saying to you, MVP has been in Bellator for five years, and the highest he has fought is Dave Rickles. I think if management believed in him that much, yeah, he'd have fought someone. He'd have fought someone. He hasn't even been close to guys at the top of that division. Fair. That's absolutely fair. That's what it's completely justified, and the logic is is flawless as always, man. Flawless. Thanks. Um, the last thing we're going to get on talk about tonight is the UFC card uh, that is coming up this weekend, which is, of course UFC on ESPN uh, one. Uh, it is in Gano Velasquez. That is a fucking fight. We'll Good get on that in Lord, a second. Yep. One that could potentially be a little one for a flutter is Luke Sanders and Hen and Bry. Um, Sanders favored at the minute. Um, Bry, I think, is just better. It's just hard to trust Barai. Um Yeah, true. But then, you know, he got wrestle-fucked by Aljo Sterling. He got outdanced by Kelleher. Um, it's the Yule fight recently. Got dropped by him as well. Yeah. He's flapping. I just think I wouldn't go near him with my money. 
I just don't, I can't trust him. I think, I just think he's broken. I just think he'll never get it back. I don't think Luke Sanders is anything particularly impressive either. But, but he has pop. But he has a bit of pop. Barrow's chin is, uh, the logic says that Barrow should be infinitely better than him. But Barrow once talked of being the best pound profound fighter in the world. Lost the decision to Andre Yule. Mm, yeah, that's yeah. I just I, I I would stay away from it. I just can't cannot be trusted. Um, up towards the main card uh, with Jimmy Rivera and Aljamain Sterling. I have Rivera winning this. I have it by KO. Um, but I can see the case for uh wrestling. I think that I have him by decision. I just think Rivera is better. He He's could just do better everywhere. Sterling is good. No, I think I think I really quite like Aljamain. Um I think he's possibly slightly underrated. Yeah, but could be. Uh, I just think, yeah, just like yourself, I think Jimmy Rivera is just a bit better. I don't think I don't think by much. I just think he's more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Rounded. Explosive, yeah, yeah. He's definitely more explosive. Aljo's game better, is quite better uh, footwork, cuts better angles. I think Aljamain Sterling is the you know far higher submission threat. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he's he's a uh, brown belt, I think, under Matt Serra, um, and and a good wrestler as well. Yeah, um, um, Rivera's striking is much much better than Sterling's. Yeah, that's why I have it as a KO, even though I could see a decision. It's just I just I just think, think Sterling's hard to get rid of. Um, oh, yeah, I know. I know. Marais finished him, but that was that's uh, the only time yeah. in his career. Excuse Is it? Me. Is that the only finish? That's the only time he's been finished in his career. Yeah. Yeah. And that one was ugly. My goodness, what's that? That is a Gracie name. It is Cron, Ga- Cron Gracie, not Con Gracie. Uh, Cron Con Gracie, Gracie would be a great that name. Would be Con, Con Gracie. Con Gracie. Yeah, have to be heavyweight. Be, yeah, oh yeah. Um, imagine heavyweight Gracie. There was uh, Hollis. He was shit. Yeah, was he not like proper Gracie then? I can't remember if he was a proper like or Gracie. married in. I remember Joey Beltran smacked the shit out of him. Oh, right, okay. Never mind. Then. He had one fight and then that was it. Alex Caceres fighting Cron Gracie. This is probably for odds wise. Our upset of the week. Yeah, this is our upset of the week. Now, I know that when we spoke about this off air, you back I- and forth a bit. I've been pretty set on Caceres because. Cron, whilst there is no two ways about it, Caceres gets tapped. He does. And there's no doubt that the Gracie is elite, elite, elite on, at, the ground. At, on the ground. But can he get it there? Now, Caceres doesn't have the best takedown defense in the world, but I just think this is a completely different kettle of fish to what Cron has faced so far. And I think he could get his eyes opened a bit. I think there's going to be a I just lot think, of range. Yeah, I've gone for Caceres with a second round TKO. I have gone for a Caceres decision, but I, the odds on a KO will be ridiculous. Uh, yes, Cron Gracie, a fairly heavy favourite, um, but he's fighting a guy who has what, 25 pro fights, yep. has been in the UFC for the guts of 10 years, has fought some real high-level guys, hasn't always went his way, you know, his record's 14 and 11. He's not a world beater but I'm just it's hard to get behind 
I'm making the case for Gazares based off Cron Gracie. Obviously, if this goes to the mat, he's in. He's in shitsville. Yeah, this ab- could be a first round submission. Absolutely, for like I'm. If, yeah, if abso- it goes absolutely. Um, I'm just. He's only fought four times. He hasn't fought anybody close to UFC level. He fought uh, Tatsuya Kawajiri, who was an excellent fighter. The point being there was... Yeah, what age was he when he fought him? I am not entirely sure, but I would say he's probably in his late 30s. Kawajiri, I shall just look him up here. Jerry is 40 and they fought two years ago so yeah 38 um yeah and Cron Gracie hasn't fought in two two years either so I'm just I just think that he's he's gonna struggle to get Caceres down I think that's what it is I think with with the the cage and the kicking game he has this will be Cron Gracie's first fight in the cage yeah um yeah, it's just it's closing that distance. What a stand up is like it's hard to gauge. I think he's very much one of the old school, the Gracie way is uh well, is that's the what only he's way. been saying. Um, that worries me a bit, to yeah, be honest. Because that kinda doesn't work anymore. No. It might work I work in the street, uh, to the uninitiated, but uh Bruce Leroy is initiated. Mm, um true. This is I mean this it would be a big upset for Cazares to win but I'm just I just have a gut feeling same um, wouldn't be a surprise at all particularly if Cron drags him to the ground and taps him but that's what everybody expects true yep no I, I definitely agree with that I think that there's a potential for an upset for sure next fight Cynthia Calvillo and Courtney Casey um it's it's a good fight um, I very much liked this fight when it was announced but I do Absolutely favourite Calvillo in it. Um, and, I don't and, know. Uh, Courtney Casey is. Uh, I think she's a tough fight for anybody. Yeah, um, she beat Angela Hill, whose footwork is. Like she's but even before that, you know, lost to Felice Herrig, who has had a resurgence. Lost yep. to Michelle Washington, both contender, bo- both split decisions. Um, so she's, you know, the eight and six record really isn't reflective of sort of how good she is. Oh yeah, of her ability. Uh, however, I think the UFC know they've got. A potential star in Calvillo. Um, of course, she sat out with the the weed suspension. Yeah, which was actually for metabolites. Um, it's just funny, isn't it? Because you know, had it been a Pico Granovich, she might have got away with it. Booyah! Booyah! Um, she's coming off her comeback, which was a submission win. Uh, she was buried in that awful UFC chili card. Yeah, she fought Botello. Um, yeah, I'm not Sorry, quite sure. Not, I'm yeah. not quite sure why she was placed there. I thought that she was due, or well, the UFC seemed to be quite behind her. Did she not miss weight? She oh yeah, she did miss weight for that fight. But I'm just saying, like fighting on the prelims or whatever of the UFC Fight Night yeah. Chili card is hardly, you know, a big promotional push. But well, uh, she's getting it now. ESPN. Um, I think she's going to win by submission. Me too. Um, seems to be pretty slick on the ground. Um. I suppose the smart money would say decision as Courtney Casey just is tough. Is tough and doesn't get finished. I mean, she's like we just said, gone the distance with Watterson, with Herrig. Uh, she's gone the distance with Claudia Gadelia. Um, actually, I'm flip flopping here because if Claudio Gadelia can't get her out of there, I don't know. Nope. 
no, I'm sticking with it. Yeah, I'm sticking Calvillo, with it. But, you know, Calvillo. I'm sticking with submission. Yeah. Calvillo, that's, that's what I'm going for. Um, James Vick and Paul Felder is the co-main event. Um, Felder can crack. Vick, I don't think it's fair to say his chin's gone just because of the Gaethje fight. It could have been a bad weight cut, but he cuts a lot of weight. That's why it's, yeah, I think Felder is going to ice him. I think it's, I've gone for a second round TKO for Felder. That's exactly what I have gone for. Um, I think the first round is finding that range because obviously Vic uses kicks really well um, to, to he is a distance. Hu- he's, he's just massive. He's massive. 6'3", 76 inch reach, cuts a shit ton of weight. I don't know how he manages to get down there. I think it's starting to catch up with him. Yeah. Um, got absolutely blasted by Gaethje. One fucking one overhand. One right, overhand, right. Over. I took him five minutes to pl- recover yeah just and Gaethje even, doesn't yeah it's hard but not not just to get his feet under him again um plus you know what he's still hanging out with Lloyd Irvin so he's kind of a scumbag yeah well you got to hold it against him so I'm going for I do the Irish and Paul Felder seems like a, a good dude seems like a cool guy um I know that you're not his biggest fan commentary wise not um, particularly I, I like him I like um, him I like him seems like a good guy um <sighs> You know, obviously coming off that Mike Perry decision loss, which he lost despite breaking his arm. I think that's why. Oh yeah, and like, also it was up a weight class too. Said so. that at said that at the time. Um, I think lightweight's probably his best, his best weight class. Um, for that I was on a de- it was on a good one. Not you know knocked out Charles Oliveira who yeah. uh, was it last week he was fine. Oh no, it was the Brazil card. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, is currently on a tear. Hellboat the shit out of Stevie Ray. Oh jeez, yes I do. That was, that was in Scotland, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was a bad one. But yeah, I, I just think Felder can crack, and especially at lightweight. And I just think the weight cuts a bit too much for James Vick. It's odd that they. they I mean, they could have just done this at welterweight. This is yeah. one of these odd ones where like Felder could comfortably fight at welterweight and probably so could Vick, but we've just. For, for whatever reason, we've decided that these two gentlemen must fight. True. Um, the main event, um, it feels like, well, this is the first time we've ever been able to say us in the podcast. Cain Velasquez fighting uh, Francis Ngannou. Just fighting anybody. Yeah. Just being able to say that feels good. It's nice to see him back. Um, let's just hope that he doesn't get injured between now and then. I am shocked by the betting odds on this. Oh, it's horrendous. I can't believe that he's I, so heavily favoured. Yeah. Um, he is possibly... I do favour him, though. I do favor him as well. He is possibly my favorite heavyweight fighter ever. I think if you're going to build the perfect fighter, he's not far off what you yeah, want. Yeah, uh, it's just maybe a little more durable. Well, yeah, but it's more durability outside of the cage than anything. Um, yeah, yeah, no, no. It's it's just being able to. I think the other thing as well is it's like he is not supposed to be able to, you know, large. Like it's hard for imagine the impact of wrestling like that. On a, on a big person. For 20 Joints, years. knees, <laughs> elbows, your shoulders, you know, your back, your neck, all the places that, re- quote-unquote, wrestlers Well, I think it's, a, it's, it's his back, isn't it, which is went. Yeah, yeah, um, I think it's his back. And at one stage, was it one of his knees? Probably. Or both of his knees? I think he's, he's had he's a... He's fallen apart. He's had a laundry list of, uh, of injuries. I think that the way this looks is like Stipe, but with a finish. Yep, I think if Ngannou... Who is perfectly capable of and oh, wouldn't be shocked at all him. if he iced him in the first round. But I think Velasquez, I think this looks like the Travis, or not Travis Brown, the Bigfoot Silva 
fights, both of them. Yep. Where he just took him down and mauled him. Just had his way. Now, this is why I don't understand Kane being such a heavy favourite, because we're coming up to three years since he fought last. Yep. Like, what, you know... What are we basing we're it basing on? This on still do it. We're basing this on legacy more than anything. Um, Which would suggest value for the bet on... Nganu. Nganu by first round knockout. If he's going to do it, he's going to do it in the first. No later than the second. If this gets out of the second round... Oh, he'll have nothing left. Yeah, then, you know, it starts moving towards Kane heavily. But, man, I'm just excited to see this fight because... It's like we spoke before about Gustafsson and how you feel about it, and he doesn't fight that often. So when he fights, it's a big deal. Now, Velasquez fights even less than that. But he was a guy... When I was, you know, or like I watched, I've watched this entire UFC run from debut to being the champ to being knocked off the top by Dos Santos and the comeback and that trilogy fight and then his dominance over Bigfoot Silva and you know his title defenses and Lesnar and whatnot. Yep. So like this, this does feel like a, a big deal. Uh, it's one of the saddest things in MMA, I think, is how we've sort of been robbed of his prime. Yes, but one upside, as small as it is, is that. He might get the ride out the next couple of years if he can stay healthy. You know, as where I think, had he been fighting, we'd have been looking at what would well, ultimately I th- have been the end of his career. I think this is a number one contender fight. It could be. Oh, I think Ngannou's what? He but must, it can't he must be. be he it must, can't be. He must be second or third. Yeah, in the but rankings. it can't be the number one contender fight because Velasquez and DC will never fight. But I don't. I think DC's having one fight and then he's gone. Do you? Yeah. Like, like. It's it's just so difficult. Like I mean, Velasquez literally has only been beaten twice, and it is by JDS and by Verdum. Verdum. And the Verdum one was it only because of the altitude? I don't think it was only because of the altitude. I don't like making excuses for defeats like that. I mean, he had as much chance as Verdum did to go out there and get used to it. But I don't and think, chose not to. But I, I don't think they knew then what they know now about acclimatisation and fighting. You I know? don't know. Verdun was out there for two months beforehand because he knew about it. So I don't think it was any great secret that Mexico City is uh, in the clouds. True. And Kane chose not to go out there till the last minute and I think he... He did pay for it. Like... There was like I'm not saying that the only reason he lost that's that's not not right but like there was also the rumors that he was dealing with once again shit tons of injuries probably shouldn't have been fighting fighting but I mean this is the thing where I'm basing this pick the JDS one was bad the loss mm-hmm. just got clipped I think especially at that time Junior DeSantis was on top of the world he was knocking out everybody I love Junior DeSantis I think. I think we will look back in history. Now, it hasn't quite got the prestige yet, but I think sort of in 10, 20 years, you'll look back at that trilogy between DeSantos and Velasquez. Yeah, and like, the most pioneering. Yeah, those guys were, were the best at the time. Yeah, they by, really were. By a distance. It was those two and the rest for, for a good few years. TKO, slam and punch. Yep. It's beautiful, beautiful. Um, I, I just think that this is literally... Uh, Steep A again. Um, and at the time... be interesting to see how Ngannou handles that, because he must know that. Yeah, in a way, this is actually... You know, the Blades fight was obviously his sort of re-coming-out party, if you will, but, like, this is ultimately... This is, like, his redemption one. Because yeah. whilst Blades is a good wrestler, 
Blades, does he lack physicality in a way? Do you know what I mean? Like, does he lack that explosive, like, you know, like, when you look at the way Stipe shot in, it was a boop, boop, duck under the punch, step in, bang. You know, as where he's more clinch, up against the cage, work down your legs, pull your legs down. It's like a more, it's like a big slow turning, it's like a water wheel, you know, like a big, yeah. just a squatty. I don't, I don't think so. I will put it this way. Do you think that Velasquez and Stipe pose more of a risk wrestling-wise than Curtis Blades? Because I do. Even though, yeah, on th- paper, Blades is probably the best wrestler of the three in pure wrestling. Yeah, it's like we said before, though. It's MMA wrestling. That's, yeah. That's, putting, putting it together, closing the distance, you know, getting under strikes. Timing. It's all about timing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Blades' timing was off against Ngannou and he got clipped. The other thing as well is, the sport has has moved on physically over the last... It just keeps moving forward. Is there a chance that Velasquez just gets the shock of a lifetime and how physical Ngannou is? Absolutely. Do you think that he could just shit in on Ngannou and be like, holy fuck. Complete, like, could completely happen, yeah. This, This fight is fascinating. Like anything could happen on this. There's, there's literally go with the grappler. There's literally a number of ways this could go. I know, but we're talking about a striker like Ngannou. I know, but they, like, we're, do you know what the problem is? We're doing the same thing that everybody has done with Ngannou's entire career. And Stipe, Stipe, Stipe showed it. It's like what Max Griffin did to Mike Perry. There's the blueprint. If you want it, take it. True, but it's just it's more to do with how there's a few different factors in this. Like we've spoken at length there about. Velasquez's physical condition mm-hmm. that can definitely come into play Ngannou's growth as a mixed martial artist since then has he learnt you know now that it's happened to him has he made changes has he improved in those areas like this is the big test so this could go anyway I personally have gone for Velasquez third round TKO I think he'll take him down I think he'll he'll pound him out and I think by if it gets to the third round Francis will be wanting out of there but this is based off a fit, healthy Cain Velasquez. And if there is a fit and healthy Cain Velasquez, I don't think there's a better heavyweight alive. No, I personally think that Velasquez does this. I think it's a second round TKO. Nice. What have you got? Third. Third. Do you think it's just a bit more of a war of attrition and then... I think Ngannou could have could have his moments, but I think he should have enough gas and he should be prepared for what's going to come for the first two. But I think... If, Velas- if Velasquez is evil, e- uh, able to keep up the pace he used to in any shape or form, uh, Ngannou will wilt by the third. You could be right. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about on today's podcast, brother? No, I think we've covered everything. And like you said, there's an absolute shit ton of MMA. MMA? MMA. Don't, MMA. don't know why I got an accent all of a sudden. Uh, MMA coming up this weekend. So if Absolutely. As always, if there's anything you want us to cover or answer, opinions on anything, holla at us. Yeah, just shoot it our way and we'll uh, we'll cover it in the next one. Absolutely. You can find us on Twitter at MMA. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash MMA. You can find our website, which is pullocomedia.com. Uh, we have a clothing line there, um, which is just for those who who enjoy combat sports of any kind really appreciate it if you checked it out and of course as always we do have a Patreon which is patreon.com forward slash super at MMA um, you know it does take a great deal of work and a great deal of time to bring this to you each and every week um, you know for us we 
we love it. Um, but of course, uh, it is easier for us whenever there is funding so that we can do things like upgrade the equipment and and uh, you know keep bringing you this uh, this podcast. But it is a pleasure for us to do it anyway. So we'll continue to do it regardless. But uh, yeah, tweet at us, get involved if you disagree with anything we've said then let us know um and the last thing i'd like to say is that you can of course join us on topology what is the name of our group on topology mel it's the super rad ufc pick'em that's the one uh, and what it allows you to do if you don't know is you can just pick the fights along with us pick what method you think so you know velasquez first round tko you know you get you can select with us you get points for each one you win so it's similar to fantasy but there's no money at, at stake just just pride or as Kim velasquez would say just brown pride just brown pride he just cute. casually has the most racist tattoo in the ufc he's brown and proud well I suppose that's fair enough. But uh, until next week, peace.